It is the makeover challenge this yes. episode. Dr. Tom, tell me about your favorite transformations in the past. So the makeover challenge is a real institution. We've had it every season of the main series. Um, some of my favorites, I loved Raven's makeover in season two. Where she carried off her makeover guy yeah. off the runway. That was amazing. They had an amazing connection. I loved Roxy's makeover in season five because she just really did an amazing transformation from that lovely little berry guy into a fully fledged member of the Andrews household. Queen! Queen! Jada in season 12 just showed off her absolute technical skill. Absolutely, but it could have gone either way. Crystal Method, the yeah. Sesame Street kind of grown up ensemble. Yes. Crystal really vied for the, the, the win that week with her I would have been happy. I would have been happy either way. Yeah. And let's not forget our robbed queens in this situation. Chanel in season Chanel! one. <laughs> who made an amazing makeover and lost out to Rebecca Glasscock. I would argue for plotline reasons. Controversial what about, that maybe. What about Jimbo who lost to oh. what's her name? What's her name? Like seriously. Priyanka. Don't 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 do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I can't believe that Priyanka won there. Especially the see the episode before Michelle Visage came yeah. about and was like, you can't just wear a bodysuit and oh. think it's a fashion. I was like, Do you want to rewind the tapes and see what won Michelle that last week's could episode? Could you please travel back in time to judge the makeover <laughs> episode, please? Please. What do you who do you think's gonna do well this episode though? Hey, 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 welcome back to Spilling the GNT Podcast. You're here with Bolo. And Dr. Tom. Now, we're here to give you the opinion you never really asked for. Who are we giving it anyway? That's right. Now, Bolo here's a performer. Hey, and Dr. Tom's a psychiatrist. Hmm. And we're here to give you our professional... Professional? Pro- are you okay? Sorry, I don't know what I was thinking what about. What the... Can we, we start have again? Ne- no, we're not going to start again. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> when? When do we stuff this up? Literally, we do it every podcast. Tom, are you I, are you I right? I don't know what happened then. <laughs> Tom, this is embarrassing. Oh. I'm going to cancel you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know what? I can do this solo. I don't need you. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Spilling the GNT Podcast. You're here with Polo. And Dr. Tom. Now, we're here to give you the opinion you never really asked for. We're giving it anyway. That's right. Now, Bala here's a performer. Yes, and Dr. Tom's a psychiatrist. Mm. And we're here to give you our professional... Professional. Professional review on RuPaul's, RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13. 13. So, let's raise a glass. Or a bottle. And start spilling... The GNT Podcast. Clink. Tom, you did it again. I don't know what's wrong with me today. What? What is? You, I don't know. It's, this is, this, we do this every week. I think you're just mesmerizing me with your beauty. That's what's Tom, going on. I, my, I'm this beautiful every week. <laughs> you never you, stuff up. You've got a special glow today. <laughs> you're, That's you, what it is. You're on something. Look, <laughs> welcome back to Spilling the GNT podcast. I am Bolo, your main host. And main host. Tom just exists. Your primary host, cardinal host. Dr. Tom is just here. I'm just you know, And he, he does a good job. He ups up. Of course, what we <laughs> do is we look at popular culture popular media mm-hmm. and that takes the form of RuPaul's Drag Race yeah. and we're going to get into it um, before we do I like to go through what's happening in our social media Ooh, Ooh, the social media sphere add in a bit of sound mm. here Paolo and post editing <laughs> uh, what has been happening you know what there's a Petty 83 Petty is really making like you know he's, he's calling us out he is like earlier on in the podcast but before we began the series mm-hmm. we did say that you know what we're gonna post the thirst pick to you know for our, for promo purposes for of course p- i mean what what i mean it works you, on grinder what gets you <laughs> and tinder what gets you more followers on yeah. instagram than a thirst pick eh 
Um, and Paddy is eagerly awaiting this and is, is holding us to this promise. I will say Paddy said that he's getting into shape himself during lockdown. So go Paddy. I think everyone's getting into mm-hmm. shape. So I don't know if it's uh, the same in the States or Australia or Russia, wherever you're listening to. Uh-huh. In the UK, we've been given the go-go on... A- the go-go. The go-go. We the are the go-go's. I'm the go-go. I am the go-go Wake us up before you go-go. So uh, we'll be given the go-go for April the 12th. We get to come out of lockdown and the gym's open. So I think before civilization starts and everyone's mm-hmm. going to be seen again, everyone's now trying to uh, work out. Like like I said, you, I go for runs regularly. Mm-hmm. I work out regularly. And ever since that announcement, I can't tell you how much busier the streets have been with people huffing and puffing um, because they've never ran <laughs> since lockdown started. So I just feel like I should, I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> We're going to see a nation of butterflies emerging from chrysalis across the nation um I or a phoenix i felt a bit more motivated as well because um th- because like Patty 83 is like where's the first pick and you're like there's you sipping wine eating pasta <laughs> no, that, that's no all, more carbs wine and pasta is always going to be the, my two main food groups frankly now i did see a lovely message from i think it was kaiser on the instagram mm-hmm. who said that they're really enjoying your iconic wednesdays yeah and i think that's amazing tom a lot of the times the people that you do give reference to on your iconic Wednesdays helps everyone really appreciate RuPaul's Drag Race more because a lot of the people that you do post, they're pioneers, but they're also people that are heavily referenced yeah. in a lot of the things they do. A lot of the things that Michelle Visage says, a mm-hmm. lot of the things that RuPaul herself says, mm-hmm. and a lot of the shows and the quotes, a lot of that is what you kind of put the the spotlight on in Iconic Wednesday. So I'm like, oh, that's where that comes from. Oh, that's what she did. Oh, I, it starts to help me appreciate and understand things a bit more. So I, I myself... I've said it time and time again. I'm a huge fan of the Instagram. Oh, thank you. I love the icon. I, I love the iconic Wednesday. I also love the how you bring fashion references to help me understand and appreciate the art of the queens a bit more. Well, I enjoy doing it myself because I feel like it's it's a way of me like. Making myself learn more and more as well, mm. which is really good. So yeah, Kaiser gave a really sweet message about it, appreciating it, and also um, Mahi Manta, Ma- Mahi Manta as well, who often sends sweet messages. So thank you very much for that appreciation. It, it's just a little thing that I do exactly as you've ex- described, really, because like drag race didn't invent drag, and it's it's really important to recognise these pioneers in, in in gay culture. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so try to try to give like an, a as much as I can as well, like a good cross-section as well. In the Twitter sphere, your your good friend Sirajin follows us now. Yes. So I feel like I need to be a bit well, more... <laughs> I feel like I need to be a bit more uh, nicer. So you're doing really well on the Twitter because you actually have some uh, drag race girls following you on Twitter. I don't yet have that on Insta. I have had my interactions with the likes of Tace and Bimini, but nobody is yet following me. You have me. a lot of amazing local queens. We, we do, we do, which is uh, all just as wonderful. Who are just as wonderful just and wonderful. they've still got that humility in oh. them. You know, when they go to drag race, all mm-hmm. of a sudden they're like, hmm, should I spend 0.35 of, <laughs> of seconds of my life to push, <laughs> to push the like button or mm. should I should I engage with you? Is it worth it? You know, they, they do get their air of mm-hmm. supremacy about well, them the, after that. But it's like, girl, busy. calm your ass down. The thing is, once you've been on TV, you get, you get tagged and hashtagged in so many things, don't you? So don't blame them too much. Absolutely. Now, everyone knows that we have 
have a goal. It's our passion project mm-hmm. right now. We want to try to get 20 new reviews by the end of season 13. So by 2023. Yes. <laughs> and that's right. <laughs> okay, so you got, you got so much time. No, seriously. We want to get uh, 20 new reviews mm-hmm. for this year by the end of season 13. So if you're listening and you like what we do and you haven't yet commented or reviewed us on Apple or whatever uh, platform you're listening to us, to us on I would yeah. love it so much if you guys can just spend ha- 10 seconds of your time to write us a review it doesn't have to be long it just really helps us out guys with the algorithm and stuff and yeah if, if you feel like you know we're good enough for other people to listen to and you'd like to spread the word then that's a really good way of doing it or do what I do if you got friends near you and they got a phone you take their phone <laughs> off them you look for Spilling the GNT podcast <laughs> on their Apple podcast yes. whatever they do yes. you Click that five star review, and you write, you write your own review for us. And, yes. then, and then you know what? If you do do that, tell us. Tell me. <laughs> I got. I'll send something out to you if it, if it comes in there. But yes, we merch, got twenty merch twenty goals. <laughs> I hope that next week when we do podcast again, I get to say that we've um, had some reviews that we can read out as well because we will show our, our appreciation. We'll read it here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You'll become famous. Oh, absolutely! And it is what it is. You'll be. You know, your name will be known by literally hundreds, hundreds of people. <laughs> Worldwide, globally, <laughs> from Mauritania to Russia, Japan, to Japan. Thailand, yeah. Mexico, Mexico, everywhere. Australia, yeah. New Zealand. Uh, I, I can keep going because we have listeners. Not Antarctica yet. So that's no. the goal. Yeah. No. So that's where we are right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So again, we are now on season 13, episode 10. Mm-hmm. Now... Let's have a quick recap on what happened last week. A recap. A recap. So, I mean, Elliot was in the bottom of Utica and Elliot had to go. And I didn't know if she was actually going to go at this rate where everyone's just, everyone's safe and no one goes home. I literally thought that Elliot was going to just walk slowly and be like, (laughs) turn around and be like, did you say my name, RuPaul? (laughs) Did you... Did you say my name and I, she, I didn't hear it? Did I did I miss something? She'll no? hold her hand up to her and go, Ru, you've got my number. Yeah. Okay, so just... Ru, are you doing a Returning Queens episode? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Do you think they're going to do a Returning Queens episode? Um, I mean, the way this season is going, I wouldn't be surprised. But usually when you have a double Shantae, there's not room for a Returning Queen, but it does happen. Mm. Um, and I, I, Elliot's a, a fabulous queen. I felt like she'd gone about as far as she could go in this competition. We'd had a really dance-oriented challenge, so she'd had a chance to shine. I didn't necessarily see her having many more opportunities to really kind of shine, unless, like, she'd probably be good in, like, a finale uh, challenge, you know, the the kind of thing that they do nowadays where they do a finale performance. Mm. But perhaps she, she, you know, there were plenty of opportunities for her to fall by the wayside in the meantime. You didn't know Elliot's finally responded to the uh, attacks about that moment. And one of the Drag Race interviews mm-hmm. where she said that Simone was black yes. girl magic, but not aggressive. Yeah. So what did what was her response? Uh, you know what? I don't want to. From what I remember, she was saying that she meant aggressively in the sense that she, not too in your face like Eureka is so in your face and some people can be so loud and Mm -hmm. in your face with their stardom or their personality or their drag she was saying that that's what she meant aggressively not like that I don't know how I feel about that Mm -hmm. it it just it was a very poor choice of words for her that time absolutely Um, and only she can be sure of her intent in that moment, she should have chosen her words more carefully. 
Yeah, um, yeah. But she did uh, kind of throw a bit of shade at one of the other queens, who I'm assuming can only be Candy. She said that, you know what, in this world of drag race where mm-hmm. we get so much hate, it doesn't help when there's other queens who have also experienced well, this hate to mm-hmm. actually pour some fuel on the hate towards another queen. So it will be Candy, because Candy specifically said in some tweets that um, oh, not just tweets, Instagram Live, yeah, um, her, sh- live shows where her, people have recorded her. She, her. she said her beef with Elliot was born of microaggressions that she observed in the workroom. And again, that's between Elliot and Candy and the other girls. None of us know what might have been cut. Um, but there we go. Um, I'm glad Elliot addressed it. It sounds like it was a sincere apology and I'm sure she'll be far more careful about yeah. her choice of language in future, which is so important. Yeah. Because we, we can't perpetuate stereotypes. We can't perpetuate microaggressions. Let me give you a rundown of where the queens are standing, okay? We've got Got mm. Mick, mm-hmm. who has two wins. We have Olivia, who also has two wins. But no bottoms for either. No, no bottom two placements for either of them. Mm-hmm. Simone's got two wins, but one bottom. Yeah. Denali's got one win, but she's also lip synced once. Yes. And do you know what? That lip sync was amazing. It was fun. It kind of just told them all, uh, yeah, I'm in the bottom, but mm. look what I can do. Literally was there. Yeah. Rose's got one win. Tina Bruna's got zero wins. Tina's, Utica, Tina's our flatline girl who's not been in the bottom two and she's not won anything yet. Yeah. For someone coming into the competition with the biggest reputation, it's quite. It's quite like, oh. I but work- then I also feel as a production mm-hmm. that's doing that, like they tend to go a bit harder. Production tend to go harder on girls who have a good reputation, period. They also, and, mm. and also, they tend to hold girls with the reputation to a higher standard. So even if they are doing amazing, they always compare them to the reputation. So mm, that was amazing if you were a novice, but... Because you're a no-name, I expect more from you. And I specifically say that with Michelle Visage and the Queens, when they kind of came for Tina Burner for that moment, that tiny moment that they tended that they seem to focus on in the rusical. She was subject to some incredibly dodgy judging that week. Absolutely. And, you know, stuff like that can kind of kill a queen's spirit yeah. and kill her drive. So I'm a bit worried for Tina going forward. But the, the other girls who haven't won anything, apart from Tina, are Utica and Candy. Candy's been in the bottom two twice. Utica's been in the bottom two once, which yeah. was last week. She did a surprising turn in the lip sync. I was entertained. I would have thrown some money at her. Yeah. Um. But Candy at this point has the worst track record. Yeah. Uh, just on, on a really simplistic kind of overview like we've just discussed. Um, you know, you could go into minutiae of kind of mini challenge wins and top placements and bottom three placements and stuff. But with a quick overview, I mean, that's how we stand. I mean, she's twice, but she's been saved by the judges many a times. I would also argue that. And I would also argue there are times when Candy's been in the top when she hasn't necessarily deserved to be. Yeah. Um, but th- that's not Candy's fault. That's the production's fault. Absolutely. Um, so moving on into this episode. So um, the girls return to the workroom. They don't really have a lot to say today, do they? It, there was that beef, though. Which we'll see if they build on it between Olivia and Utica last week. It was prominent in Untucked, do you remember? Yeah, I didn't see any of the remnants from that. 
dissonance which here is weird it's today. Had, you know would it just be a dropped plot line or, or happen because the implication was it was something similar that they said about Max in season 7 that when the cameras were on she was sweetness and light when the cameras were off there was a different persona which could be seen as a bit shadier Utica stuck up for herself that ain't how you talk when the cameras <laughs> aren't here Gange <laughs> Utica stuck up for herself and was very kind of like well she was quite apologetic and um I think that she may want to make amends going forward. We'll see. Yep. We'll see. I I don't I didn't see anything much to go by, but I do want to have a look moving forward about Tina. Okay, they did come like they they did kind of come for her for having really bad makeup no, skills. I mean, I got something to say. I got oh. something to say. Oh, so Tina for such an experienced and talented queen. I what I have been a little bit shocked at her makeup quite early on in the season. Whereas I think there's a lot to be said for having a unique makeup style because so many girls go for very, fairly generic trends a lot of the time. And you will see from season to season several girls with kind of basically the same face. Tina's is at least different. But Tina is like, as a boy, has like probably quite a conventionally handsome face in the sense that it's quite rectangular, quite square, what we call a brick in the business, um, which is hard to carve into a conventionally feminine pretty drag face tina doesn't do very heavy contouring her brows the angle of her brows has really shocked me at times because again to feminize with drag you draw everything upwards you bring the corners of the eye upwards you bring the brows upwards you sweep everything up she doesn't do that and in fact her brows have often drooped down which is so counterproductive with with drag makeup i did notice last week it was a little better I think she's been taking tips. I mean, she's friends with Gottmik. I was going to say, girl, yeah. you got Gottmik there. I mean, Gottmik is a stunning makeup artist. Um, Tina, I, I hope he's taking some tips and is working on this. And I have actually noticed on her Instagram post show, she actually looks pretty stunning. And I don't think it's all in the edit. I think she's improved her makeup. Okay. Mm-hmm. The thing about Tina is that I think Tina is what we call old school. Yeah. Where the focus of her drag is more performance based. Mm-hmm. I think Drag Race has changed the game with makeup for it drag really queens. Yeah. You know, drag. I've never saw such polish. With like, they weren't makeup artists. Mm-hmm. They weren't, you know, runway ready. They weren't a red carpet. It was literally, I'm a performer. I'm dressing up as a a woman for mm-hmm. this drag show. And I'm just gonna go to the nearest pharmacy, take yeah. whatever drag makeup there and paint on the face. And it's part of the humor. It's part See. of the fun is that I've got bad makeup and my performance yeah. is stellar. So I think that she's kind of still in that world of drag, you but she s- hasn't yet learned how to polish yeah. it for Rupert Drag Race. Where they, where, you know, we have an expectation of makeup skills now. Exactly. So you make such a good point there because, of course, makeup isn't the be-all and end-all. And there are iconic drag queens like Heclina, Lady Bunny, who basically, you know, put on a pretty basic lip, a bit of eyeshadow and a bit of mascara, put on a wig and a dress, and then they perform the house down boots and entertain a room. And their success as a drag queen is not dependent on their makeup skills. And I think that's probably been the case for Tina. Having said that, she's now on RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, exactly. Mm. When you're going onto a show that has a very clear expectation and format. Yeah. Girl, you need to change it up a bit. Who was that queen who learned sewing just because she knew she was going to... Uh, there's probably be mean. Probably be mean. Probably be mean. I'm trying to say... Probably... 
Doubly meaning. <laughs> God, you can tell when I'm drinking it when I'm oh, not. Goodness me. Um, a lot of the queens have done that, haven't they? Yeah, I remember, was it Jiggly Caliente? She said she had a couple of sewing lessons before going on. Don't. Don't even. I mean, she don't said that, you but even. do you believe it? Don't you oh, no, even actually, begin to. to? Jiggly said in the reunion, her brother had given her a few sewing lessons. After. So maybe we'll yeah. see some amazing stuff when she arrives and appears on oh, All Stars. Stars. Ooh. She's going to be giving us couture, couture higher than Stacey Lane Matthews. I mean, I, I, I really can't wait to see her growth Me too. from the show. I can't wait to see her let's growth. Let's not forget, she's a, you know she's living her truth as a trans woman now. Yeah, So it'll be a very different experience. Amazing. You know what Candy says something that triggered me. Candy's like, "Oh my god, there's like, there's so much space now with all these queens gone." And I was looking, and I'm like, "Are you looking at the same room <laughs> I'm looking at?" It looks full. It looks like episode one. There's eight of you. Yeah, I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" You're too short of the cast of Drag Race Holland. Or the first season of Drag Race UK. There, there you are. I'm like, no, that that room looks <laughs> full. There's, you know what? I'm I'm triggered. There's that there's so many people in the room. I know. Given the current situation, I'm just like, <laughs> Kenny, choose your words, choose your words wisely. No, they had a psychic appear on the show. Tom, have you ever seen a psychic before, or have you have you ever seen like you know, one of those people? Um, I don't think I've gone to a show like that actually i mean it intrigues me because i see it as um a big psychological experiment really although you know there is a part of me that really wants to believe in the paranormal but i'm really too much of a skeptic um so stuff like this entertains me i think on the one side you can see people like this as as you know charlatans who take advantage of people who have faith in in the paranormal but you could also see it as like uh, very often they do provide a kind of like a sense of comfort to people like knowing that their loved ones are safe in the beyond and that kind of thing yeah so it's a double-edged sword this lady Shah margulis i'm not familiar with her um but she seems like a nice lady and she's i'm sure she's using the same sort of drink you were a bit more skeptical though weren't you um- you say skeptical, I just say smart. Tom, they yeah. bring a psychic on. Of course, they're going to give her the lowdown about, okay, <laughs> so this person said this, <laughs> and this is the relationship going on between those two. Like some of the questions that she was talking to the queens about, she was like, okay, someone here just had a birthday, <laughs> or is about to have a birthday in the next or- year just had one yeah <laughs> from i think around 11 to 12 months and like who who, who in the room you know you like the question she was asking was like i'll come up i'm like come on girl so oh, is someone here from a farm yes was there grass <laughs> on that farm yeah See, were there animals or birds yeah so that's that kind of stuff like she must have some really quite good questions like did somebody grow up near a lake and she's there with eight people and she must have like a bit of a, a rolodex in her head of kind of like yeah about 12% of yeah, people sure, grew, you know what, grew up near a body of water. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. I, I see a lake. Anyone here grew up near a lake? Or yeah. maybe it's an ocean, okay? And, or maybe it's something blue. Who grew up near something blue? Yeah. The sky? <laughs> a car? Who, a vehicle? Who grew up? Emotions. Are you emotionally feeling blue? That's what I thought it was, yeah. Who, who grew up with a roof over their head? No, but like <laughs> the starting one was so generic. Cause it was like, who here started off? Not liking someone and then uh, like them. And well, then Candy was like, me, bitch, me. It's me. <laughs> it's me. It's me and it's me. Her. Me. Yeah. Me and yeah. Jose, we had that exact thing. <laughs> oh my god, you're so good at this. Oh my god, you're a real psychic. It's I will... so strange. I just I've seen a psychic. 
I've seen yeah. two psychics. One time I saw a psychic because I was traveling with some friends I, in New Zealand. I was traveling with some friends and there was like a traveling circus. So we Ooh. went there and there was a psychic. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go see a psychic. And she was just saying something about you. Do you have a bad relationship with uh, your mother or your father? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God, we're doing this, aren't we? <laughs> we're going there. I, I just, I don't remember anything coming from that. I just thinking, I, I remember thinking that the room, that it was in the caravan that she was giving me this advice. I mean, <laughs> she was saying something about my spirit being very, very quiet, but yearning to be more. And I was like, my spirit is loud. Your spirit is loud. My, I want to be less. If anything, it's the opposite. <laughs> I'm trying to calm my ass down. What are you, I'm like, is, is there someone else in the room? Are you really, is there another spirit in here that you're reading? Because it ain't me. And then another time I went to a, um, a restaurant, a function to my friend, um, Anjana, mm-hmm. her family, her father hosted this event. So I went to this event and then she was saying, oh, that's the psychic that's over there. And we're going to try to get the psychic to say something to you. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I bumped into the psychic lady getting some food, some chicken. Mm-hmm. And then I think they asked, they asked her to do a reading for me. Mm-hmm. And then she said something about, you have a good smile. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that changed my life, Tom. She's not that wrong. Reading... Were you smiling at the chicken at the time? I was, I was, I was smiling, probably. <laughs> was, it, was it really good Indian food? It was deep food? fried. It was yeah, really, yeah, really yeah. good food. You, you know what? Smiling. I'm always smiling. When there's free food in front of me, I'm smiling. <laughs> if there's free alcohol in front of me, I'm I'm crying, smiling. <laughs> crying with joy. So I was joy. like, wow, that's my, <laughs> that's my experience with psychics. Great smile and a quiet spirit, apparently. I'm, I'm intrigued. We should go to one one day. Um, I want to do a Ouija board. But you won't let me. Um, no, I'm not doing a Ouija board, Tom. Have you seen Jumanji? I've seen Jumanji. I've also seen. It's not a Ouija board, that but like one? that's that's kind of what I don't want happening in my life. I so, don't want to invite these spirits. In. You're, you're you're probably right. So we that's a fun little mini challenge, if you want to call it that. And it's a bit similar. Do you remember the Frenemies challenge in season four? They did the lie detector test, and they put they hooked up the Frenemies. Fifi, so, yeah. Would you sleep with Sharon? Not if she was the last person in the world. <laughs> um, so it's like a less scientific way of creating pairs. But I think there's a lot of kind of storyline going on here. So first up, Tina and Rosé, an obvious attempt to fuel this alleged rivalry that really hasn't manifested yet. Um and all that I'm seeing really is that they've got kind of similar skill sets and they both come from New York. Oh, sorry, sorry. Just just a bit of background information. RuPaul is pairing up the Queens. We don't know what it is for yet, but RuPaul has decided that she's going to pair up some of the queens, yeah. and this is where time is going on now. Okay. This is the pairing that I, she I've has done. ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So Tina and Rosé feeling the fire of this alleged conflict that hasn't manifested. Denali and Olivia, I think they'd have been smarter to pair Olivia with Utica after their beef last week. That would have been better TV. Um, Utica and Simone, I like this idea because pairing these, they're both so visually creative and talented, but come from very different points of reference. So I, I like the idea of them combining. And last but not least, we have Candy and Gottmik, who we know are friends. Cool. So when RuPaul gave a justification with a pairing, she did say that I'm pairing you with the queen that you can learn the most from. Mm. So, I mean, that's empty. You know, she's just doing <laughs> what she's told by the production team. And then um, the... It's the makeover. 
That's the make of a challenge this week. And these are the pairs that she's put them in. What they need to do for the make of a challenge is embody their sister queen and seeing the world from their point of view. So this is a pretty unique makeover challenge because we've never had a makeover where the girls have had to make over each other when they're both still in the competition. Now, it's a, it's a, it's an actual staple of RuPaul's Drag Race. I think they've had it every single main series season. They've Weirdly, they skipped it out in the second season of UK, um, and they skipped it out in a couple of All-Stars. Um, but otherwise, it's a real institution of the show, and it's a very rare thing that's actually been around since season one. I love the makeover challenge when I look online there are a lot of fans who aren't necessarily big fans of it but i think it's fantastic because it's such a like display of a drag queen's technical skill yeah Yeah. i mean they have the snatch game the snatch game is there to test wit yeah these are the staples of what we say makes drag queen yeah. is wit. And then they also have the staple where they always do, um, they have to create something, mm-hmm. which goes back to what um, Raja said, what a drag queen did yes. was make their costumes. Yeah. We didn't have Vogue interested in us as soon as we left the, mm-hmm. the show. We didn't have um, Cosmo. We didn't have all these fashion magazines and yeah. people interested in us. What we did as drag queen is make treasure from trash. Absolutely. So we have that as a staple. Trash and now, is a treasure. And now we have the institution that is the makeover, which looks at the makeup. Mm-hmm. And not just the makeup, but the overall makeover transformation. And can you beat somebody else's face? Can you style a wig? Can you... Can you, you know, you don't necessarily have something in your wardrobe that's going to fit somebody else. Can you, can you adapt an outfit? Can you sew a new outfit? Absolutely. Or do you just bring something in four-way stretch and hope it fits somebody else? What makes, look, on the topic of the makeover challenge, Mm -hmm. what makes a good transformation? So there are a few things that have led winners to succeed in, um, in previous makeovers. One thing is, as you've said, a really good transformation. So they, they often start off with people who you wouldn't expect to be in drag, like women who aren't conventionally feminine or like guys from the military or like dads. We've had all that. Um, and if you can pull off a real transformation from not drag to, to full on drag, that will get you the win. So like Roxy Andrews, for example, in season five, she turned that a lovely little bear guy into a full-on member of the Andrews family, you know? Another good thing is if you if your person um, puts on a good performance with you, um, that could be really, really helpful if you've got, like, a really enthusiastic person. So if you look back at season three, Manila won because her jock was really, really on board with kind of, like, camping up, becoming a drag queen, and just doing doing their best for Manila in that situation, and that always goes down well. Having a good connection, like Raven had with her um, older gentleman. Well, she carried him off. Yeah, and that was a lovely moment. And you just knew right then, like, Raven's won this. Displaying a lot of technical skill and just, like, being really good at hair and makeup and just styling somebody else. Like Jada in season 12. Yes. She just created a beautiful product if you like but also crystal was so close that crystal could have oh, won yeah. that one too crystal's crystal imagination really came through there i loved that was it. that was the essence of who she was and her drag and i really thought it could have gone either way do you agree really could now sometimes people win for storyline purposes can you think of a couple of people priyanka who... <laughs> yeah i know your name you don't need to ask me 
how many times that she asked people for I think she's she hit early on to dementia because everything is about what's my name my <laughs> name her her she said it in her rap she goes you know what's my name Priyanka and then the final one she was like question who was the first in the swing the, the, the question who was the answer Priyanka like a girl okay she does need a lot of reminders I would suggest she leaves post-its around the house um, <laughs> that's how you combat dementia <laughs> but with, with Priyanka I think was given the win that we, we've spoken that so much was, about the dodgy judging Candice that, Drag Race oh, that, that triggers me and then the following week Michelle Visage is there yeah. and she was like I don't do body suits. And she won with one. And and then I was was just going, can someone please tell her that she read the memo? Have you seen the agenda from the minutes of the last meeting? Jimbo was standing there with her partner who she had padded and created a latex catsuit for from scratch and just... Given nothing, but there we go. Also, the most one of the most egregious examples is the first ever winner of the Makeover Challenge, Rebecca Glasscock. That was... Guys, please go back and watch this episode was, because... I can't. I can't it's, with it's, her. It's, it's just absolutely astounding that Rebecca was given this win when Chanel... Chanel! <laughs> Chanel! Chanel should have won. Chanel is a true drag technician a la Roxy Andrews who... Um, actually had the lady, because they made over female athletes and fighters. She started off with a lady and she was so lovely and gorgeous, but she was very, like, not conventionally feminine in that sense. And Chanel made her over into this glamazon. And the judge was like, yeah, yeah, okay, that's fine kind of thing. And it was it was so bizarre, but it was very much to fuel the producers, even that at that time knew that they could antagonize Chanel and get a reaction from her by not giving her wins. Those are undeserved wins. So let's go from the winners from the past and makeovers. And this is kind of a test. I'm going to go <laughs> season one. You'll mm-hmm. go two and we'll just alternate. Okay, okay. 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 So the winner of the makeover from the season one is Rebecca Garscock. Yep. Season two is Raven. Season three is Manila. Season four was, um, Oh. Is the carpet comfortable? Oh, Fifi O'Hara. Number five was Roxy Andrews. It and was. she was there to make it clear. Oh, she was. Absolutely. Season six. Bianca, who just made a fantastic, you know, just showed off her technical skill. Who just, you know, what, you know what? She just did what she did every episode. She wore the same thing, <laughs> different color, and put it on someone else. And this time it was a wedding dress. Yes. Yeah. Uh, season seven was. Um, our sleeping Snorlax uh, Pearl. <laughs> I love that one though because it, it. So there's a little bit of storyline at the play there because you know she brought back the girl she sent home. And Trixie was a fan favorite. Trixie came back, but also they did a fantastic runway presentation, and it was really really fun to see. Good evening, distinguished panel of judges. Oh, so good, so great. good. Season eight was Naomi, and it was Naomi's breakthrough moment where she showed, yes, I'm a fashion queen and I've got great technical skills. No, 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 no. Back that up. This was the first time she actually said, hi, I'm here. Yeah, it was. It was. Up until that moment, she was just coasting and I I really didn't see her going that far. This was the only moment of Naomi that I remember. Do you Mm -hmm. remember her from anything else in season eight? What else do you remember her from? Her really bad New York. There you go. (laughs) This is the only reason to remember Naomi in season eight was this dress. Her quite sexy lip syncs causing a commotion was good as well. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Season nine. Uh, this is you. It's on to you. Um, Trinity Taylor. Now, that was a funny one. Like, 
so she padded the guy beautifully and she did the tuck and stuff. And I think she got like plenty of praise for that. The makeup was terrible. I, I'm not even going to. Sasha could have won that, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, season 10 was Miss Cracker. It's me. It's my turn. But Sorry. Miss but Miss Cracker was a fantastic transformation. So it's the social media stars. And she transformed quite a conventionally handsome guy into abuse and he he was living for himself he was stunning he when he it. turned around yeah. and saw himself he was like ah oh. i know i know he he was like I a straight guy a straight I, guy going yeah oh. he's i date me he said didn't he yeah i i, I, I did he say i date me I, well, I, that was season three that was manila's guy i date me hard, hard. Mm. <laughs> yeah okay so season 11 i'll let, I'll let you go because i stole miss cracker uh, okay, so season 11, Brooklyn won. Absolutely. I know that's a somewhat contentious one because um, it was like Brooklyn had two dresses and she put plastic tiara in in her other dress. And of course, it looked gorgeous, but plastic tiara always looks gorgeous. Vanjie could have been given that win, I think. Plastic tiara is very much like Simone. She could wear anything oh. and she'd look stunning. She could she wear would. a diaper and the judges <laughs> would eat it up. Seriously. Okay, season 12 was Jade Essence Hall, which we already mentioned, but I really feel it also could have... It could have been a double win it could have been. to Crystal Method because Crystal's transformation was everything. It could have been a really justified win for Crystal as well. Yeah. But Jada really deserved it too because she really showed off her technical skill. Like, ugh, uh, she and her partner looked amazing. Now, we're looking for a queen to join the ranks of the winners for the Makeover Challenge. We also know Davina won the UK and we also had Envy Peru who won the Holland but let's see who wins alongside uh, the US girls I do want to say that Tina came for Rosé when they paired her up Mm -hmm. when Tina was paired with Rosé Tina was like oh great I'm paired with a Scottish caveman which is interesting first of all Look at your makeup <laughs> before you come for someone else's. Second of all, how many wins do you have? Like, you know what? Your reputation is amazing, but you need to learn how humility goes a long way. You need to fix your hair. You need to fix your mug. I don't need to fix my mug. I'm from Chicago. I will whip your ass. Ass. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, isn't that American? No, Americans say ass, don't they? Yeah, we say ours. Yeah. Look, should we get into the workroom and see how these good work together? See what they do. All right, Tom, I actually want to have a look at the workroom because it's really, really good to see. I think it's really, really cool to see um, two of these queens who are paired up with each other, um, how they mm-hmm. interact. Okay, It's good reality so, TV to like put queens who aren't interacting together together. Yeah. yeah. So Olivia is paired with Denali. Mm-hmm. I've called them Olinali. <laughs> so original. <laughs> so original. I love it. Olinali. Um, what did you think about them working as a pair? I'm just going to tell you the the partners and we'll just mm-hmm. see what whatever you saw between the both of them i want you to tell me what you saw i think i've they're, got like the fewest notes about these guys exactly oh my god i'm the same <laughs> all i like, wrote is yeah. denali is trade well yeah <laughs> denali is cute olivia's cute as well but Denali's like conventional trade i think so they, they they're just super nice to each other they're both like quite denali i think her trajectory she started off a little bit arrogant in the competition but being in the bottom like gave her a little bit of humility and her likability had grown every week, I think. And Olivia, I think, is this super polite lady with a secret shady side, yeah. which we've seen a couple of times. And I just think they're getting on well together. They appreciate each other's drag. Absolutely. And these, these are like the, the 
the, the pair with the least conflict. Absolutely. I think Denali is very similar to Honey Davenport from season 10. Okay. Where they're okay. both really, really hungry. They, they're they there to prove something. And yeah. They're there to really, they really, really want it. Except Denali's going farther. I think mm. that... Um, I, I, I think... Speaking of Honey Davenport, I'd like I'd like to see her come back from All Stars. She didn't have a fair shake for a no, of her No, she shouldn't have gone home in that 20... 20 man lip sync. There were 20 men in that lip I will say she did lose that lip sync, but it's by the by. Oh, she did not lose that lip sync. Anyway, she going fell on, off the stage. I really did like the runway when they were asking Denali to be Den- to be Olivia. And mm-hmm. I think Denali is a pure example of a lady who knows her body. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the queens come onto the show saying that they're dancers. Uh-huh. And I always, the minute you tell me you're a dancer, my dancing mind goes on. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, all right. The first thing I think of, te- I go straight to technique. I go straight to performance. Mm-hmm. And if you say that you're a dancer and I can look at you and you're not, you're not a dancer, period. I, she she yeah. is someone who has followed through with it. I believe that she's a dancer because when she was being Olivia, she was being so, so Olivia. She was being very glamour, very sultry, very expensive, very upper self, which is very (laughs) Olivia. She was like, you know what she was? She was Dr. Tom after reading the comments on YouTube (laughs) about how hot Dr. Tom is. That's that's basically who Olivia is. She's just really, really like, yeah, I got another thirst. The runway, the runway, I feel that, Although this is a makeover challenge, mm-hmm. it's also an acting challenge. It's it's how much yeah. you can be the queen that you were paired up with. So the walkthrough bit really interested me because it, it told us about the kind of, yeah, they actually need to embody them on the runway as well. I think these two are quite well matched because like elegance is maybe like a, a thread that runs through the two of them. Even though Denali is like sporty ice dancer girl and Olivia is more like pageantry, kind of old school aesthetic girl they're both elegant I think they can both take a bit from each other and embody each other I think they're going to be pretty solid I think Denali will find this easier though because as a dancer you're expected not only to know different types of dancers mm-hmm. when you're working professionally you have to embody professionally, professionally mm-hmm. you have to embody different characters you can know I when just, you're a dancer yeah. you're either being like what kind of dancer am I am I a CD dancer am I in Dreamgirls now mm-hmm. where I'm supposed to be stepping with the bad guys or am I now <laughs> in Bring It On where I have to be very very camp and uppity so is going to do well here we Denali, think Denali's going to be amazing her. in terms but of embodying let's her. not forget Olivia's a great little dancer and mover as well yeah uh, do you know what just poetically it would have been cool to put Denali with Tina Burner because they'd have been fire and ice mm, but there nice. we go now what about Tina Burner and Rosé who I'm going to call I was going to say Tina Rosé but how <laughs> ugly is there <laughs> Tina Bose oh my god I don't like that either Ro- Rosa Burner <laughs> Tose Tose. 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 So what about Team Tose? Um, th- Tose. These guys- Tose. 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 Yeah. <laughs> These guys get a lot of screen time this time because they're like working out their relationship and coming to appreciate each other. So yeah. that's their kind of like little plot line today. We've watched up until before the runway. So I've seen, I've seen a little clip of what Rose looks like when Tina's put her up in drags. She called her Tuna Burger. Tuna Burger. Tina Burner, Tuna Burger. Well, you know, she is Ronald McDonald. 
Yes. It's, it's very on brand for her to be a burger. New addition to the McDonald's menu. But we, we know that these queens have drama because in the first episode or the second episode, when Tina Burner found out that Rose was in the competition, mm-hmm. she was she gave that face, you know, that stank face, <laughs> where she was like, "Oh, yeah, she thinks that she's the only singer, but everyone can sing as well." And then we find out later that actually Tina Burner was part of a boy band, so they had yeah. worked together in New York. Mm-hmm. It's like they know each other, but they've never really talked. So the reputation, yeah. their the way that she knows her, the way that they know each other is only through the reputation of what other people talk to them about. Yes. So when they're both performing queens, there's automatically going to be a rivalry. And they've alluded to a few shady comments and things, which I'm sure is very commonplace for drag queens working. Now RuPaul calls Rose flourish, which I love that word. You know yeah, why? Yeah, yeah. Because. Flourish is a synonym for extra. <laughs> and do you know what? And who's more extra don't, than? Don't ever call me extra. From now on, I want people to call me Flourish. Bowler is so Flourish. <laughs> and I'm going to make Flourish happen. I am. I want to make it happen. I am so flourish. flourish. I've been to so many commercial auditions, theater auditions, where mm-hmm. they've always told me to, to bring it down a bit, but like I'm too much. And like I thought really? that I'd be I thought I'd be welcome in theatre because theatre you have to be OTT. But even for theatre, <laughs> I was too much. I was like, I don't where do I belong? Like who where, where do I go? Now, on the runway to be look, they have to do each other on the runway, don't mm-hmm. they? So if Rose wants to do Tina on the runway, all she needs to do is like wear a condom and just be safe. <laughs> oh, because that is Tina. I would say like the thing that links these two girls is they both have a really good sense of comedy. And um but Tina is like more of this old school safe sensibility. Rose has this more like, ooh, you know, fashion flourish dancer thing going on. But in the run through, they both seem to be able to I mean, Rose had a little bit of trouble toning it down, whereas Tina actually was able to embrace the Rose flourish. Mm. Let's see how that pans out. Yeah. Mm. Okay. The next pair we have is Sudika. Sudika. Simone and Utica. Do you like that? Oh, Yamal. Except it sounds. Oh, what about Yamal? Yamal. Sudika sounds like Sudacram. It's like something that. <laughs> Sudika. <laughs> yeah. Something that, like. Michael Jackson will appreciate Yamon. 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 So Team Yamon, what do you reckon? This is the most interesting pairing to me. It really? I see why they're yeah. appeared now. They throw up a lot of conversation, actually. And I think the show and Rue really shied away from having a really good conversation here. Because Utica showed us last week that she's really, really anxious Rightly so. You know, we should all be very, very sensitive to appropriating black culture, you know, because she didn't want to wear an afro to portray Bob Ross, even though Bob Ross was a white guy who happened to have really and tight curly hair. And so, also, so instead she put squirrels on her head and that's all the problem. And also, more than two black people were telling you, girl, yeah. it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, do it. Go on. So, yeah, but like, I'm interested to know what you think here as well, because... Um, Utica and Simone put it to Rue and they say kind of like now uh, Simone's look that she wants to put forth is inspired by Baps the movie Um, and Rue Rue is just kind of like well you know if if a black person's giving you permission and you're doing it with love and it's all about intention kind of go for it it's kind of what we talk about when we say um, it's more it's not appropriation it's um, Mm -hmm. it's appreciation yeah when someone like Simone is telling you, this is my drag, mm-hmm. I want you to do my drag 
and I want you to respectfully, and I'm going to tell you how. Mm-hmm. If someone's giving it to you, I feel that that's okay. Given yeah. the platform that they're on, yeah. I've told you. And if anything goes wrong, it therefore goes back to Simone, not to Utica. Definitely. Utica's obviously, she's so cautious. I was, I kind of laughed when Simone was like, uh, so RuPaul, what do you think? Kind yeah. of passing the buck to yeah, RuPaul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, look, I didn't say it as well. RuPaul said it too. So don't, don't just come for me. Come for RuPaul <laughs> if anything's offensive. Go to her as well. I think Ru could have, oh, it's probably edited for time, but it's such an interesting conversation that there could have been a few more minutes dedicated to this, I think, because it's very, very interesting, very current. Because cultural appropriation is such a, a big issue. We're all on Instagram. There's a word I've never day. heard. We saw Raven Coach. accused of it last week for blackfishing because her makeup was dark. Mm. Um, so, you know, here, it, it, there's so much room for discussion here. I wish the show had focused on it a little bit more. Yeah. My, I, you know, like, I guess... Maybe you, this will open up their conversation with like, everyone on social media. For example... What would happen, like, if you gave me permission to do Samoan-inspired drag? If I, if you wanted to do something Samoan-inspired, mm-hmm. I and I gave you that consent, mm-hmm. it's on me now. Mm-hmm. And if anyone came for you, I would be the first person to be like, back the hell up. <laughs> I see that he can do it. Yeah. And this is why we are doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and I would take the heat for you. So then the heat comes to me. And that's what I would I would take it on because I've asked you to respect my culture yeah. and to promote my culture in that way. So that's kind of the same for Simone. Simone Simone's giveth onto Utica. <laughs> yes. Simone is also not just asking you to do it, not asking you to respect and celebrate my culture, but she's also taking the onus on whatever yes. happens. So yeah. it's on Simone. So Utica needs to understand that what Utica needs to worry about instead is making sure that she is the best representation of that. Mm-hmm. Ask questions. How do I do this? When I wear this, what do I do? Mm-hmm. How do I show the best of this outfit of this culture? I want to, that's what she need to worry about not about being offensive so many people are so scared to be offensive these days and i understand the caution around you because people people are looking for a reason to hate you especially with the drag queens rupaul's drag race i understand her anxiety Mm -hmm. but simone's taking that offer simone is saying Come to me if you bitches have problems. Yeah. Because I have given her that permission. I've given her the consent. That's it. Maybe we could do a culture swap one day where I put you in Welsh-inspired drag and you put me in Samoan-inspired drag. When I hear Utica talk, it's so chill, so whispering, so calm. It's how I feel you talk to your clients <laughs> at work. She's just like, yeah, so I think I can't do that. Yeah, I, I, I really am excited because I sent Elliot home and, you know, it's, you know, it makes me feel like that's just how I am, you know. What about, hold on, could we just rewind and see what Utica was asking Simone to wear? A mouthpiece with something hanging from it. First of all, have you found a cure for COVID? We're, we're wandering into Dracula territory here, really, aren't we? When we're going into, like, mouthpieces. Shearing mouthpieces. But this is Utica, Utica. Like every single one of her, although but hmm, asking someone else a... to wear it is what I was thinking. I was thinking, I'm thinking, like, come she, on, she's like, so read the room, read the room, sis. But I guess you know, if you want to portray the essence of Utica, then it's kind of like art inspired pieces that ask questions. I will say, I don't think we've seen that every week on the runway from her, but there we go. Like, most of the time, we do. 
Um, before we move on to the next pair, I'd just like to commend you for your Im- impression of Simone's walk that you did a minute ago. Do you want to see it? Yes, please. I want you to comment to like okay. your like Bob the Drag Queen on the basic ball. <laughs> I'm going to show you guys. Um, you're not even watching. I wish that we, you know, one day we will go to YouTube, but just mm-hmm. not now. But I'm going to show you her walk. <laughs> now, Paolo is... Now, Balo is sauntering. There's a head bob going on. There's a hand on the hip. There's, oh, the, the arm is up as if cradling a handbag. The head is bobbing. The lips are pursed. Um, there's a lot of head bobbing. His name is Simone. He is here for the throne. The ebony enchantress is she. Now, that was absolutely stunning. Um, tens, tens, tens across Tell the board. <laughs> Tens across Thank the board. You. you know, I really felt that there could have been an Instagram story moment oh. where you could have recorded me doing the Simone. If only I had the wherewithal. I was doing the Simone. Talk to me about Godmuse. Godmuse. God that that works. That yeah. works. Um, so Gutmuse. Um, they speak a lot about their different body types and the challenges associated with that. So more so than the other girls, they don't have anything that they can fish out of their wardrobe to give each other they're having to sew from scratch um so that's an interesting challenge for them do you know what really interested me when got mick and candy were talking about their makeup experience got mick's makeup is informed i gather from from what got mick said by not feeling like enough of a kind of drag queen during the process of transitioning so it became this kind of like exaggerated mask of makeup yeah, and so so interesting to him. Got Mick talk about their experience as a trans man who identifies with some feminine aspects as well, such as drag, and like that process of kind of accepting, kind of like, well, not all men are conventionally masculine, so of course I can be a trans man who has a feminine side. All my friends are feminine gay men, so why can't I be a feminine gay man kind of thing? Mm. That was so, so interesting and it was so nice to to hear Gottmik talk about that. Candy Muse said and Gottmik acknowledged Candy Muse is a more qualified makeup artist than Gottmik. Discuss. I... I I would ask for a refund. I would ask to. I want to. I want to see receipts. Show me your qualification because I do not like. We've seen she's very hit and miss with her makeup on the runway. So am I right? My thing about Candy's makeup is that her go-to is actually quite a modern style of makeup that a lot of the girls do. Vanjie does it. Delia Sin does it. Where you can actually see your kind of bone structure and your features underneath it. The brows aren't moved too much. You're not too calm. Um, there's not a huge cut crease so your actual facial features relatively preserved but like enhanced makeup almost like a woman putting on makeup really and it's quite a modern trendy style and that's what candy does i think what we're to believe from this is that candy does that out of choice rather than lack of technical skill yeah, well, we have to we have to conclude that now. Though. <laughs> Apparently, she's qualified, not just qualified, more qualified than Gottman. I, God you know what? A, it's really, really good. Though. It's really good to hear that they're actually having to make the costumes. Because can we just rewind mm. to season one of UK Drag Race when Cheryl Hole mm-hmm. had to do her sister, oh. and she forced her sister, who was obviously not the same size as Cheryl, gorgeous curvy woman, gorgeous, wasn't she? gorgeous looking, beautifully curvaceous lady Mm -hmm. not the same body type as Cheryl but Cheryl still was like no no you can do it you can do it (laughs) forced 
posture into that alpha. How I couldn't believe the nerve, the gore, the audacity, the gumshot. I can't <laughs> know why. So it's really nice to see that they were very accepting and acknowledging we are different body <laughs> sizes. Jim and Cheryl sitting around, I thought, like, the zip's broken. There's nothing I can do now. <laughs> like, it's impossible. It's impossible to kind of like rectify the situation anyway. Yeah. I'm just gonna, babe. Did you did you bring a car? Yeah, can you can you drop me off home, babes? Because like, there's no point. Why am I still here? Why? Look, can I also do do one more time? I want you because Gottmik found it really really hard to do candy muse on the runway. Can mm-hmm. I show you how to do candy on the runway? Oh, go on. Okay, okay, so go I'll on. Say, okay, so Paolo is rising from the sofa. Um, getting into position. Um, right, so Paolo is stomping. I can only do, oh, really stomping. <laughs> Paolo is clapping and behaving in an intimidating fashion. I fear for my safety at present. <laughs> there, and now he's gone. Bye. Bye. I feel like I was given a message here. I feel like the message was don't mess with me, bitch. Um, what I was saying is, you're not my real dad. You never will be my real dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you. That was kind of... Did you not hear it? Was it not audible? I was um, very eloquent. Thank you. The diction was not there. So um, we, we, there's a brief workroom moment before we go on to the looks. We've not seen the looks yet. Before we get on to that, Tom, can I ask you to do this? Can we, mm-hmm. can we swap? Can I... I'll do Tom and you do Paolo. What, as a walk? No, as in, like, how would you do me? What's Bowler and what's Tom? Oh, God, no, like... I'll start. I have recently been lauded for my Doc Cotton impression. Thank you, Anna. Um, (laughs) But um, I'm not sure I can do a Bowler impression. Okay, I'll do Tom. Hi. Hi, everyone. Yeah, well, hmm, let me ask you that. Well, I don't have an MUA. Well, you know, I don't have an MUA. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but I don't have an MUA. I didn't even say that this episode. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I can't say that because I don't have an MUA. Yeah. Was it Tom? I did Tom. That was Uh, you. (laughs) Can I just give you my opinion on that? That was very reductive. That was, I I thought I nailed you on the head there. Do you, can you do a bowl or? Um, I swear to God, if you do a candy muse. Basically, I was going to do candy muse. I'll throw my wine at you. (laughs) Then you dare. You can't do a bowl or? Just be like really, really calm, really, really chill. Things, I can't Humble. make myself agitate enough to be Paolo half the time. Um, so it'd be something along the lines of, oh, I need a topic to talk about. Um, um, wine. Wine. Um, so th- <laughs> I can't do it. So this wine, this wine is really delicious. So this wine has got notes of, it's got new, notes of fruit and nut up in my butt. <laughs> and, and it's just good. <laughs> Happened? What? I don't know. Just thinking of things to say. Um, so it's gorgeous and it's it's so aromatic and like Graham Norton. Thank you so much for giving us this wine. <laughs> could we get a sponsor, Graham Norton? Could we just please get a sponsorship, please? Thank you very much, Graham Norton. Is that, is that your <laughs> is that your Kiwi accent? That's my impression. Bang, that was back it up, back it right up. Okay. So I, I'm um, just I'm just can't believe you came for me like that. <laughs> I I showed you in your best light. You want to make up some crap about me, Tom? I want to go and see what the final transformations are. Great. Now it's time for us to have a look at the finished product. Okay. It is indeed. So the runway begins now. First of all, I want to say this. I loved seeing the girls 
be someone else. Yeah, they really I embrace love, the challenge. I really love them trying to be someone that's not them, a drag that's not their own, and mm-hmm. seeing how they how they handle that because it really does also show you not only as a them embodying a different character, but a lot of the times I always think. This dress looks amazing. Yeah. But is it amazing because of the queen wearing it? Is it amazing because of the queen the queen performing it in uh-huh. that outfit? Or is it amazing because that piece on its own is just amazing? So it's really, it's really good to see the yeah. Here, it's there? good to see someone else wear someone else's clothes because mm. it really does show you, oh, maybe the fashion was amazing, or maybe the queen was just selling it. Yeah. com. So first walk down the runway as Miss Rose. Tom, talk to me about her, doctor. So the hair is big, which is great. I will say this this makeup does not work on Rosé at all, unfortunately. Tuna burger indeed. Um, it just doesn't flatter her features and she looks much worse than she usually does. The the outfit is reminiscent of Veronica Green's reveal runway in um, UK that just gone. Stepwood. Stepford Wife, but in something different. So she goes from Stepford Wife into a sort of Aliyah-inspired kind of leopard print uh, lingerie ensemble. Um, I like the reveal. I think I think overall the ensemble is cute. Um, I think Rosé did a really good job of trying to embody Tina. She would like tone down her movements, do you think? When you look at Rosé, you have to... We're judging Tina because Tina did this, okay? She's just the model. But also... Rose's attempt as at embodying formal. her as well. Yeah, I think Rose Rose was I. Uh, I don't know. I think it was okay. I really like the reveal more than I like the actual dress. Now, this is the only reveal that I think I've seen Tina Burner in. Yeah, um, so I would have been angry if I was Tina Burner and my only reveal dress I had to give to someone else to perform on my behalf. A little note, like she had to RSVP. This is gonna, <laughs> this is going to be really, really hard to judge, yeah, because like. Well, they judge their peers, just so you know that. But it's still going to be so difficult because, yeah, I guess that makes more sense. But, like, one girl is modeling the look of the other girl and the work of the other girl, but still has to try and embody what the other girl gives on the runway. So this is really, really challenging, actually. Yeah. What about uh, Tina Burner is walking down as Rosé? Who wore better? Rosé did. I can see the photo. (laughs) And I actually think the attempt at being Rosé for Tina, she did mm-hmm. a really, really good job. She did the, ooh, she did the leg kick. She did the bit of extra, the flourish yes, that Rosé does. <laughs> she did that very, very well, didn't she? I love the big um, pink gem in the holograms hair. The dress is... Very classic Rosé. It's very classic Rosé. The, the dress, again, she loves that kind of like pinky blue pastel color scheme and it's kind of like had a textured holographic quality mm. it was kind of like a bodycon almost Marco Marco inspired sort of piece I could have done without the hairy arms to be honest I think it was no necessary like attempt at being edgy in inverted commas okay um, but Tina did a good job and this is the prettiest Tina's look makeup wise it's it's unfortunate, isn't it's it? It's unfortunate. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Denali. I was going to say Denali. It's Olivia. Olivia walking as Denali. Olivia looks just like Denali in the picture that's given. She's she an does. ice skater queen with the weave. That w- this is basically the look from Denali's from the first episode. It was her entrance. She had the scorpion alien. The hair. only thing I want to say is that Olivia 
and that blue eyeshadow and that makeup, first of all, like that may look good on your beautiful porcelain skin, but on black skin, I don't think that makeup choice should have been a choice. Also, Olivia, performance-wise, that slow, that ice skating movement that she was supposed to do yeah. just looked like an awkward slow motion. There's a so moment that's points off when she catches herself and like tells herself to do. Oh, remember she said the skating motion, and she pauses and goes into it, and it's actually really tragic to look yeah. at. Yeah, the. The makeup is classic Danani because Danani's got this really like high arch black brow, um, which looks gorgeous on her. And I, I like how it's translated on. And eyeshadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's quite a lot. She creates a lot of space there. Um, I like how it translates onto Olivia's features. I appreciate what you're saying about not necessarily fitting her features that well. Um, I like this outfit. It's like a fluffy Vera Wang Valentino kind of ice cloudy mini dress skater kind of affair um i enjoyed it i don't think olivia succeeded in portraying denali in the way she intended to do you is this the exact dress from the first episode no no it's different are you sure yeah 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 the hair is the same the the the, the dress is different i i okay i think denali did a stunning job as really, olivia really well she actually looks really good in that makeup really good in the hair and she's just a glamour queen she literally just read the comments on instagram about her how she <laughs> looks amazing tom, she, she did a tom she did a dr tom what do you think I love how she portrays the pageantry with the arm movements. She's 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 given us like Supremes kind of arm movements, isn't she? It's Bo like Diner walking. Ross. It's like whatever you do to look like a pageant queen, just mm-hmm. imagine yourself doing the movements in water. Yes. Because everything becomes very, very, very slow and very, very mm-hmm. like, yeah. She's given me Anne-Margaret. She's given me Rita Hayworth. I actually really love Denali in red hair. I think she should wear it more often. Oh. I think she's maybe been painted a little fair. Um, but maybe that's to go with the red hair choice. I don't know. Mm. Um, the ga- I like it. The gown is stunning. I love it. It's very Mackie, sequin, floor length. Um, beautiful. And yeah. I, I think Denali put in a really good performance. Simone is Nick. Simone are portraying Utica. Now, Simone looks like she's promoting a Got Milk uh, advertising campaign. I felt like she just sculled some milk and walked down the <laughs> runway with yes. that that white lip moustache. Anyway, <laughs> I think that the concept is amazing. Obviously, she's wearing skin and you mm. can see her actually muscle fibers beneath. What I would have liked to see from a performative art perspective is her walking. First of all, I wanted her to be walking to show me how much the skin was constricting her. Okay. I wanted her to walk down straight with that material honestly like binding her and then i wanted to see her break free from the skin to show that she's more than there to reveal the fibers underneath i think performatively that would have been much better because we did hear utica telling her about the concept of the outfit didn't we yes having said that i really think simone did a solid job of embodying utica's kind of like wobbly flowing movements and giving her like a weird runway presentation very very I think, creature of the night creature swamp yeah. creature <laughs> swamp creature how flattering simone deserves a lot of props for like doing her best to embody utica really interesting um runway um you've described the concept beautifully there I loved the flower crown. It was very John Galliano for Dior, very Jean-Paul Gaultier. Um, I thought it was very, very beautiful. Um, and yeah, props to Simone. I think she did a solid job. Of, did you think the same about Utica? 
Utica, I think, did a really good job of like constraining herself and not being her usual wobbly self. I'm not sure if she portrayed full on Simone because she She didn't do the wobbly she neck. She didn't do she didn't do wobbly neck. Of all the things to wobble, you gotta wobble your neck if you're yeah. doing Simone. She didn't have her bent elbow That's wrist right. out with the wobbly neck, looking at the judges with the you know, as, as if someone just turned mm-hmm. up in front of you and then you just do the whole like wide eyed and yeah. then closed it again. She didn't do that. So no. I think what we saw here was Utica working really hard on not being herself but not necessarily being Simone because there were some classics. Simone, we've seen Bob the Drag Queen do it. We've seen Paolo do it today. Simone is has an incredibly distinctive presence and walk that I don't think Utica captured. Having said that, I love this look, this Baps inspired Amen. look. Amen, absolutely. It's very, very stunning. faithful. It, she it, looks really good in it as well. Yeah, Halle Berry with the blonde hair and Baps, fantastic. Although it's a combination of a couple of different looks from it, wasn't it? Because Halle Berry wore the blonde hair and the other lady wore the tiger print, mm. I think. But anyway. I'm looking at Got Mick. Got Mick painting in a gap to look like Candy Muse. Such amazing, a amazing. Now, I want to say this. I love it. I love all of this. Mm-hmm. But I think the there was it wasn't candy, it was punk rock. She was still doing mm. a lot of punk rock. And then like there are little things that she did that was candy, like slapping the ass. But I think she found comfort in breaking out into a different character yeah. by amplifying the punk rock, thinking that that's the closest to candy. What yes. she should have done, Tom, I can teach you how to do it. Thank you. Because you're a fellow white person. This is what she should have done. I want you to hold both of your hands out straight in front of you. Put uh-huh. that glass down. Put your wine down. Uh. In front of you, hold both of your arms out straight. Uh-huh. Tilt your head to the left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now clap your hands. Now that's that's what she should have done. It's got. <laughs> she should have done the whole. Where is my cheeseburger? That's it. That's what she did. Tilt that hand. Hands out straight. Clap your hands. That wasn't there. I didn't see it. I'm sorry, but I love the look and oh, well, I love the commitment to a different character from our Gottmik. I I think Gottmik did her best to portray. Candy and definitely picked up on a few of her traits, but like you say, she might have misfired a little. Um, the choice of outfit was unfortunate because this gives me more Tina Burner than Candy. Mm. Why go for a flame motif when you've got another queen in the competition whose signature motif is flames? Anyway, she looks like a kind of like off duty Lady Gaga, you know, when Lady Gaga kind of like wandered around with a Muir cap a lot of the time. And to be honest, with that tooth gap, got Mick looks like Madonna, if you ask me. Mm. What about Candy? So Candy um, giving us Got Mick. I like this a lot in terms of a look. Um, did she give me can, um, Got Mick's movement? She she gave a good attempt. It's very kind of monochrome, Pierrot. Again, John Galliano for Dior when they did that clowny thing. Um, overall, very beautiful. Um, and I, I really like Candy doing something different. Um, yeah, Candy's toning down her candyisms, which takes a lot of doing. She didn't manage it in the snatch game, but she's managing to do it today. Hmm. Um, I think that she was very calm. She yeah. really did. In order to be got in order to be someone else, all Candy needed to do was bring down the flourish. Do you think they put something? Which in is their what drink? people have been trying to do to me my whole life, Tom. <laughs> and I'm not going to let it happen. It's not happening. I'm sorry. Do you think somebody crumbled up a sedative in Candy's drink to yeah, help her? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> She's hey, have a shot of this before they run away, and maybe that you. Look, we're seeing all of the all of the transformations, Doctor Tom. I want you to give me my favorite pair and my least favorite pair quickly. It's really, really hard because in all of them, I saw like a strong and a less strong girl. 
Um, I'm, 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 I'm actually really, really torn. Um, I couldn't tell you a clear winner okay, here. Okay, I like Tina Burner and Rosé. Okay, do you know what? No, it- I like I like Candy Muse and uh, Gottmik. In terms of attempts, if we're thinking about like embodying each other, yeah, those are your top two pairs. I agree. I'm yeah. not going to dispute. Cool. So the bottom is going to be her because I think this I is think... going to be so difficult, but I do. I don't know. I don't know. What, so what I'm, I'm going to say, what, what I'm so gonna say is that the biggest, the biggest examples of people struggling to actually embody the other were Utica not giving Simonisms and Olivia struggling to give yep. Denaliisms. Agree. Agree. So perhaps that puts them in the bottom. But so very our top hard to twos are going to be uh, Team Got Muse yeah. and... Um, Rose Erna and to be honest Tina 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 either of those having wins would suit storyline purposes and the bottom is going to be Simone and Utica and Denali and Olivia let's have a look before we get to what the judges think not that it's important but before we get to what the judges said they were asked the question what was that question doctor so who do you think should go home this week? My answer would always be everyone. <laughs> All of them. Because you know what? That saves you as well. It's kind of like, it's a cop-out move, but the, at least you've given an answer. The Nicole Page Brooks answer. Yeah. So everyone, basically, everyone said that the person to go home was Olivia Lux. And that kind of shocked me because she comes off as a nice queen. We do hear little little digs at her saying that she's a, a mini diva, mm. but she hasn't been like a villain or a bitch. I think they were very much going on off this week's critiques and okay uh, well that, that's a good way to go off it because yeah. that that almost is like you can hide behind the judges said this and that's yeah. why i repeated it olivia and everyone denali said got olivia except denali who said candy muse because she couldn't also say her partner olivia who said that it should utica. have been utica mm-hmm. so what do you think about that i think I think it's just the most diplomatic way to do this is to basically go off what the judges say if you want to preserve your friendships. Absolutely. I will say Olivia seems like a very sweet person, but I do feel like there's a barrier up. And I do wonder if the other girls feel that as well. I wonder if there's a little... Not feel it. I think the the girls, they can see what she's like when the cameras Mm. aren't rolling. Mm -hmm. There's obviously another side that they're not showing us of her that they're seeing. So that's where their feelings come from. Possibly. Possibly, possibly. And we, we've had a little look at Untucked. And obviously Candy had a little moment on stage where she was like, oh, you can't say me kind of thing. But it's like, like Candy... Hold on, hold on, back it up. So basically everyone just gave a name. Everyone yeah. just said, uh, Olivia, 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 Candy, Olivia, Olivia, Utica. Okay, mm-hmm. when it came to Candy's turn, she's like, oh, you know, you want to get about, but I must tell you to come up to me and I don't talk to my name. That's what she said. Did you hear what I said? Um, That's what she said. Of, that is, sort of. Did. Word for word. I said, got the said. energy. Basically, Candy was like, instead of giving just a name, she's like, okay, first of all, to that bitch who <laughs> said my name in the first place, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to find you. I'm going to come to your hometown. I'm going to find your cats, behead them in front of you, I'm kill a, them. I'm going to cut your face. Yeah, I'm going to eat your subway <laughs> before you finish it because, you know, that pisses off. I'm going to finish off your drink at the bar. She was, she was, she gave this whole monologue. Like, girl, just say a name. Say our name. I wonder if this is Candy being good TV again, because really in that situation, no, you that, cannot take it personally. She, Although we, we know about Candy's fragility. She took it personally. She did take it personally. I mean, you know, Olivia could not say herself and she couldn't say her partner. She had to say somebody. But can we just go back 
to Denali. Denali said she justified her answer for choosing candy. She said, mm-hmm. well, I couldn't choose myself and I couldn't choose Olivia, although that is the name that everyone was saying. And I should have said mm-hmm. Olivia. So I couldn't also choose my partner. So I chose the person who I knew could take it. Uh-huh. The most. You know, one of my sisters who I knew could take it. I don't know if you remember from the last podcast where I said mm-hmm. to you, Dr. Tom, where I said we were talking about relationships. I recall. What were we talking about? And why did that come up? Oh, just the intricacies of life that we always talk about every There's week. There's a reason, but I said that, have you ever, I asked you, I said, well, that was sharp. I asked <laughs> you and I said, Tom, have you ever, you had, do you ever have that friend who's more comfortable being a bitch to you mm-hmm. because there's that security in your friendship? And so they're always, they're mean to you because they know that doesn't matter. You're my friend, you know, Mm -hmm. we're sisters and so you'll take it and we're going to be good. It's easier for you to come for a friend than it is for you to come for a stranger where you have to sit there and wonder after the fact, oh, did I hurt their feelings? Oh, are they going to hate me? It's easier to be a bitch to someone that's close to you. And I asked you that yesterday and this is exactly what Denali said. Denali Mm. said she chose Candy because she knew that Candy could take it and Candy was a sister. It's real. It's, it's it is real. What I said to you was real. I've had people who were my friends at the time come for me more than anyone else <laughs> because they're comfortable and and secure in our friendship. Mm. And I tell you, don't ever do that to me. <laughs> That's a warning. It's a warning. Well, to it's me, not a warning. It's just a, a, a yeah. It's a warning to you. Dr. Tom. Bolo, I promise I'm going to stop coming for you. Yeah, it'll it's, be it's just... spilling the G and P, P for Bolo, because <laughs> it's the only Bolo here. No, it's a, but that's what people are like, and it's really, I don't understand that behavior. I don't understand that behavior. Does it make sense I to me? With a sense of security can sometimes come that friendly Sound off. Thing. Sound off in the comments and Instagram on Twitter. Tell us, have you ever had that friend, that person that is, it could be a partner, with the partner's the nicest person to you, uh, to everyone else, but to you, they're this real different person that no one sees that side of. Well, let that, us, that, that let like us an know. Abusive relationship, I, I, I really want to know because I've had people be like that to me. Yeah. Look, Dr. Tom, do you agree with the tops and the bottoms? The tops, the winners was Utica and so Simone. We actually do you agree? thought the thing that held back that pair was Utica's lack of performing as Simone with her obvious mannerisms. So while I think they both were styled beautifully and Simone was certainly high, um, I don't think Utica embodied Simone in the same way. So I don't quite agree with that as a win. I would have given the win to Gottmuck and Candy. Probably. Absolutely. Probably. Which is weird because we're very often thinking, oh, Gottmuck and Candy getting a push. And this week, like, oh, have they been no. slapped on? Yeah, the, the one day, the one week you can get, you can carry on that can, push. Can Everybody should take from that that we are the fairest judges, that we go on a week-on-week basis and we do not have favourites apart from Sister Absolutely. Sister. Absolutely. Oh, God. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try it. Anyway, so the top, the winners were them, and the bottom two was Denali and Olivia, they, which we can agree to. They were the to. clearest bottom two, and I think I think that was to do with embodying the characters, and that's what they failed to do. Um, Let's talk about the lip sync. Yes. Yeah, so the lip sync, I... You know what? In some universe, what I would love to see is them... Have one camera stationary and filming the whole lip sync mm-hmm. so that I can judge fairly for myself who the top, who the winner of the lip sync was. Because I didn't get to see Denali. All That's I right. saw was the camera focused on Olivia. And mm-hmm. Olivia was doing a great job. So 
by de facto, I have to say that Olivia did, uh, was the winner, but I didn't get to see anything of Denali. So I really want to see for myself who won. It's, I hate when this happens because it was very obviously the camera work was only showing it towards Olivia. Olivia did a good job. So, you know what? I have to say congrats. However, I could hear the heartbreak from Denali yeah, when she was Denali sent really home. Wanted this. Denali wanted it more than anyone there. I can hand on heart say that. Certainly, and it was so sad to see her go. This is a noteworthy because it doesn't happen that often. Repeat of a lip sync song. So we saw this with Rebecca Glasscock. Resistance. Chanel. Chanel. I'm so sorry if that's hurt your ears. If you're walking around or in the car right now and that just hurt you, I'm, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. But we saw that. And actually, that was another episode where the girls were asked who they should go home. And Chanel memorably said, I nominate myself. I'm so glad you asked I'm so glad question. you asked me. Because nobody has told me that I am beautiful. And I am beautiful internally and externally. I do 75 character <laughs> illusions at <laughs> On Las, the Las Vegas, Vegas Showgirls. Um, I am queen of Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I she am. was the beautiful Miss Mandarin that day. Oh, and then she episode. had to lip sync to that song. Go. Even though she won that lip sync, she went home. And rightfully so. If, if RuPaul asks mm. who should go home, don't you ever say your own name. And we because did see in Untucked. In Untucked, we did see Olivia say, I had to say another name because I couldn't say my own, even though I should have. But I'm not going to say my own name. Congrats to you. Anyway, back to Denali. It's so sad to see Denali go home. It really, is it, really Denali is. Denali is a really talented queen, but I have to say, and I have said it a few times before, she had an early win, but she was she's very much like Widow Von Du. She was never meant to go far in the competition the producers did not envisage how talented and wonderful she was very mm. much like Wid- Widow Du. and this is the outcome so I'm sad to see Denali go because she's a wonderful I am. queen Denali is I want to say Denali is the raptress for the season <laughs> okay I we sing a lot of the raps you always sing Alaska's hey boys my, my name's Alaska, Alaska. I, got I got a tiny little question to ask you so we you know that but I know Denali's verse I also inside do out I've it's, started doing rosé quite a lot it's a girl Denali cold as us had a little tamale then that and a cheat down top chavalux and these slots cause I like it rough I'm icy spicy, spicy for you too pricey you're going for the go so I'm gonna get a little feisty Strong so, like a Megatron, hot, like a marathon. Yeah. From A gates to Babylon, I'm <laughs> a phenomenon. Oh my god, I started, but I got the words. She doesn't know the words. Anyone who references the leader of the Decepticons in their rap challenge is a winner for me. I want so to say thank you, you thank you, thank you very much for listening to another uh, episode of Spilling the GMC podcast with mm-hmm. myself and Dr. Tom. Again, I want to say our goal is 20 reviews. I know it doesn't sound like a lot because it isn't. So why <laughs> have you not reviewed? You Please. guys, it's achievable. Come yeah. on, guys. Um, just come on. All, all we come ask, on. before mm. we move to Patreon, you don't want us to do that, do you? No, <laughs> no, just kidding. If you can just uh, spare a second of your time to write us a review, it would be the best thing in our lives. It's so helpful. So Whenever wonderful. we get a review, I'm, I'm literally, I, I stop time. And I'm like, Tom, <laughs> yeah, did you yeah, see that yeah. we got a review? Top screenshot, Tom, we, we got a review. Get, we Doctor, we got a review. Really excited about it. And we always talk about our lovely comments on yeah. social media. So, so please, if, so if you do have time, please write us a review. Mm-hmm. Also, um, keep in tune with us on our social media, on Twitter and on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We do love seeing that. And we love finding any way to communicate with anyone that listens. So please join us next week when we look at another episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. But for now, this is Bolo. And Dr. Tom. See you guys then. Bye. Lots of love, guys. See you soon.